Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. As promised, and we mentioned this a couple times earlier on the show, he is the author of Painkiller, former NHLer Brent Myers. He's our Oilers Now headliner for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Will Hawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Uh, Trent and uh, Trevor and the team at Will Hawk Beef Jerky. We welcome back to the show Brent Myers. Hello, Brent. How you doing? Um, hey, Bob, I'm doing well. How's uh, things going with yourself? Well, uh, we have a new head coach, and he's 30 and 9. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you worked for the Kings. You know what happens when you're winning games, right? It's uh, always a good thing. When that's you were, right. What years yeah. were, by the way, what years were you in L.A. for? In, in... Uh, yeah, I got hired in July 2015, and then um, the job ended at the middle of 2018 for so three years. Three years. Uh, maybe explain to the listeners, and we'll get to your journey in a second, but just a bit about what your job title was and your role with the LA Kings at that time. Yeah, you know what? I, I wanted to just refer to as like a sober liaison to any of the guys. And as I mentioned to them in the speech that I would give at training camp, you know, 23 guys are sitting there, but, you know, maybe one or two might might only have some issues that they, they don't really want to come forward with. So we built the program in Los Angeles where um, um, I basically was a, a confidant and, and um, any of the guys that were, you know, might be struggling and didn't want to come forward and talk to a general manager or an agent or really anybody and I think that uh, when I when I walked in the room at least I had some street cred of you know playing on six or seven teams and in, in 10 years and then having all the sobriety yeah, yeah. Uh, all right so and, and and tell your story I mean you played you were a hard-nosed uh, power forward in the Western Hockey League you could fight yeah uh, how old were you when you started drinking well, I, drinking heavy probably, Bob, didn't start until I actually went to uh, Lethbridge where it was 18 to get into the bar because I, I made the, the, the Portland Winterhawks when I was 16 and you couldn't drink until you were 21, right? Yeah. So once I got to Lethbridge and they had highballs for 75 cents and, you know, I started, quite ironic, my grandparents drank rum and coke and I, I would sniff it when I was little and it almost made me puke, but it ended up being like my favorite drink when I was 17. 17 years of age and so you drank uh all through junior did you get did you dabble in i mean it was a different time back then and i and i've joked about this and not everybody likes the like i would have legalized pot 30 years ago if it was me and taxed it i never you know we've talked about this i hate the smell of cigarettes i hate the smell of pot but did you get into any of the the harder drugs at all while you were in junior hockey you know what? No, and, and quite honestly, in, in a way, thank God, because my downfall didn't come until I was in, with, with the Flyers when I was twenty. When I just turned twenty-four, twenty-three, twenty-four, and and that's when the cocaine started. Prior to that, it was you know you drink till two, three in the morning and and be hung to the tits, but but at least you'd be able to go skate the next day. Where with cocaine, you wouldn't get any sleep, and you'd be going to the rink at nine in the morning with like like zero winks, and yeah. um, so that's where it all started with. Philly. Yeah, and so, and you know, I've heard guys say, you know, you, you can have, you can have a vice, you know, you can drink or you can do drugs or you can gamble or you can be a womanizer, but what you can't do is combine more than one. That's yeah. usually what gets you into trouble. Do you think there's a degree of truth to that? 
Well, <laughs> I would say so. I mean, I you know, I tried to quite the combo there for a while, and I uh, got me, you know, five rehabs and a lifetime suspension from the league. So, I mean, my combinations definitely weren't working. Yeah, uh, we're joined by Brent Myers again. The book is called Painkiller. Uh, and I, I, I know there was, I think it was in February of 2003, and I'm trying to recall the story. Were you trying to rehab, like literally rehab yeah. a broken orbital bone from yeah. a fight? Was that the year that you got in the fight with George LaRock in the preseason game and you missed about six months? No, that was in 04, 05. Okay. Remember right after, yeah, right when the lockout ended, the season started up. Um, but I I believe I met you. It was a really cold night. I think I was waiting for my dealer by the payphone back then. Yeah. And uh, and you and you pulled up and I and as you recall, I didn't have a jacket on and it was probably minus thirty. I you know And I'm sitting there you, Yeah, and I said, yeah. What the hell are you doing? Like and I said, <laughs> yeah. get the I said, You need a ride somewhere, Brent? Do you need do you need some cash? Like what's and you didn't want the money, which yeah. I found interesting. <laughs> and you're like, No, I'm okay, buddy. I'm like, Okay, well here we go. Uh, so anyhow, I mean, you're you you, you basically. You're, were you the first guy ever to be kicked out of the National Hockey League for substance abuse? Uh, suspended for life. Yeah. So Bob, how it worked is when I played, they had a four four stage program, right? Four suspensions, and then the fifth time there was there was no five. So basically, that was it. And um, so I used all four cards up. And then uh, in 2006, it, it, it basically it was stage five. So I wasn't able to play pro in North America any longer. So I jumped on a plane and went to England and thought I could try my, my hand over there. And, and I was, you know, drunk for the first 23 days, I think, that I, that I got off the plane. So they sent me home from that England league. And then I found myself, you know, sitting there, um, you know, I think I had 250 bucks left. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and you're real. And we're joined right now by Brent Myers. Uh, the book is called Painkiller. Uh, so when did you sort of transition? At what point did you get did you get sober, Brent? Yeah. So it was in it was in 2008, and and um, you know, Bob, I went into a pretty dark hole after that England thing for about a year and a half, and then you know, I um, at the time. Um, you know, my daughter. I had a, I had a, a daughter that was going to be born in about a week, and um, luckily I got arrested at my sister's house, and um, the cops took me home, handcuffed me, and then the league called and and they sent me away for treatment for for eight months. So um, I knew that I needed to get on the plane. It was it was hard though because my baby girl was being born, and um, a week later after I got into treatment. But you know, looking back at it, um, you know, it was obviously the best decision I ever made was was to jump on that plane and go. And have you been sober ever since, or did you ever have any? What, what do I call it? Uh, yeah, well, out of how I like to put it, Bob, is, is I, out of six the last sixteen years, I have fifteen years and nine months of sobriety. Okay, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm shooting about ninety eight point five percent. All right. So, <laughs> is it is it is it a, like if 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 you get like there, there's an individual that travels with us. And I ask him whether or not it's okay if we have a beer in front of him. Like, I'm serious, because yeah. I, and he's totally cool, and he's got it under control. Like, make no mistake. And I just don't want to ever be in that situation, because I, you know, and, and lots of guys have different things. So, do you, have you have basically completely cut it out then? Totally the booze? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I'm 
I'm one of those guys that just had to realize that I was just wired differently, Bob. Like some some people are, you know, it comes to gambling or or right. Um, there's just certain addictions that when you get started, you know, it, it for me it just never ended well. And and ever since you know I, I got sober, um, when I've you know like there's there's joys in the world for me now. Like I have a little son, his name's Kane, and um, he's turning three on the 26th of uh, February. And then my daughter is going to be 16 on um, the 27th, the next day. And they've they've never seen me drink. They've never seen their dad loaded. And to me, that's more more important than anything. And I'm probably more proud about that than any goal I ever scored. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's awesome. How did so? How did you get? How did you get involved with the LA Kings? Yeah. You know what? It was that summer. I think with uh, uh, Voinoff. Uh, Jarrett Stoll and, and and Richards and and that was just public knowledge. I'm not releasing anything that wasn't right. And then um, you know I dropped off a proposal at Dean Lombardi a year before that, and I never heard a word from him. And then all of a sudden I got an email when I was in Penticton, and it said, "Hey, give me a call." And I sort of knew at that point, okay. And then he just said, "Can you fly to L.A. tomorrow?" And I said, "Yeah." So I drove right from Penticton all the way to Edmonton, jumped on a plane, and um, I just sat down, and he said, how are we going to do this? And I said, I go, you know, Dean, I've been thinking about this for eight years now. I said, this is how we're going to roll it out. And um, he said, okay. And then from there, it was, you know, it was great. And, and, you know, they were there for the first two years, and then um, they got let go, and then Rob Blake got hired. And I love, you know, Rob was an awesome guy, and the, and the organization was great. But, you know, they, they wanted to just uh, put a different a different stamp on it, I think. Right. We're joined right now by Brent Myers. Brent, they, they, in the NFL, they have what's called a transitional coach. Yeah. A recently retired player. That, and he, he often deals in a lot of this stuff because a lot of the players that are – uh, you know, they get into the NFL are coming from places with very little financial support growing up as kids, and all of a sudden they got a you know what load of money, and yeah. uh, and and there's signing bonuses in the NFL uh, that are considerably better than what the signing bonuses are in the National Hockey League in the current system. So uh, you end up writing the book, and the yeah. book is called Painkiller from a former NHLer Brent Myers. How would you say the response to the book has been for you? Well, quite honestly, you know what, Bob? Before it got released, I was I was on pins and needles. I mean, nobody knew who what, what my name was. And what what ended up happening is it ended up striking a chord with people early on, um, and um, you know it, it ended up you know selling to the point where we you know we became uh, you know the bestseller in the first couple of weeks, and that that totally caught me off guard because you know I I didn't know what to expect. I had grade nine education and. Um, I was trying to rebuild my life and, you know, it's been out for three years now. And, um, you know, I still, I still get letters and I still get emails and I still get calls. And, and, you know, so for me, it's been, it's been pretty cool to see how people have, uh, you know, adapted to the story. Do you think part of the heavy drinking for you was tied to the role that you had? I mean, you had to oh, fight the... Oh, come on. Yeah. Of course. You know what? When I was looking at my little boy, Kane, the other day, you know, like, again, he's only three, but, you know, you have so much love for your children and, right. and protection, and all I could think about is, my God, like, at this, this boy at 16, if he had to take his helmet off in junior and square off with a guy, like, I'd be a nervous wreck. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I did that 24 times when I was 16, and then I did it 40, 42 when I was 17. Yeah. So no, you know, no wonder my dad died before he was seventy. But yeah, absolutely. I think there's a correlation there uh, between that, Bob. Yeah, it's just, it's just. Were you ever, 
were you ever nervous or sweaty the day before? You know, the day before. Could you sleep after oh, morning? Yeah. <laughs> the, wor- the worst was my last fight ever. It was against George. And I remember I, I didn't eat for two days. I weighed in at 215. I think he was weighing in that day that the trainers told me at 270. And um, I tried to eat pre uh, breakfast. I couldn't eat. I, I stopped off, I think, at a Wendy's on the way to the game, and I oh. grabbed a burger, and I couldn't even eat that because I knew we were going. Yeah. And I knew that if I at least hung in there with this guy, I'd have a job. But if I got my ass kicked, I'd be in trouble. And, you know, the fight lasted, I don't know, maybe 15 seconds. Well, and that was it. Yeah, you know what's interesting, and we've discussed this when we had you in the studio in the summer. So you dropped Rocky Thompson. Like, yeah. you, you freaking dropped him. Like, yeah. Rocky was a really good technical fighter. Yeah. Uh, you dropped Rocky. Rocky broke George's nose in a fight. Yeah. And, yeah. and George and George broke your orbital bone. So there's the yeah. wheel of fortune. That, like, anybody can beat anybody if you land the right punch. Right? Well, 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 here's what's crazy about the whole thing is when you really think about it, you know, I've had, you know, 225 fights in my life. And it was the last fight that ended my career. Yeah. Out of all of them. You know, so I was done anyways fighting. But, you know, I, I anyways, my point is it's ironic. My last one was the one I went out on. We're joined right now by Brent Myers, author of Painkiller. Brent, we're getting texts from people here uh, saying thanks for having Brent on. Lots of people struggle with different addictions. What would you, what would your, uh, as a person that's gone through uh, a brutal journey, but mm-hmm. is at a better place, what would your message be to those people right now? Honestly, I think as hard as it can be, patience. I think that you never know when the, I mentioned this, when the light bulb's going to go on. Um, if people turn their back on me after the fourth rehab and never offered the fifth, I wouldn't be talking to you today. So I think that if it's a family member or if it's a friend or a coworker, that it, it can be extremely frustrating if they're, if they're, they're not getting it, you know, and they're not getting it on your time, but hang in there, never, ever give up on somebody. And, uh, you know, you never know when the bulb's going to turn on. Yeah. It's uh, quite the same. And, and, Correct me if I'm wrong. Were you not legally dead once? Oh yeah. Well, that was from the crack, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was. That's what crack cocaine will do to you. I hit the pipe once, and then that was when the ambulance showed up, and it was. Uh, it was an overdose. That was. Uh, it was pretty bad. If they, if I didn't get there in time, yeah, I think it was. It was all over. Oh, that, was a, that was a scary one. You know, I, I, I and it's a terror. I, I shouldn't even make light of it, but I never made enough money to do the good stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I was, I, I drank like a lot of guys of my. You know, I'm in my mid fifties, and a lot of us drank back in the day. But yeah. n- now I live by the rule of one or one and a half. You never really get in too much trouble if you have one or one and a half. And I could be fairly disciplined in that. The book again is called Painkiller. How can people access it, Brent? You know what? They can get it on Amazon. They can get it at any bookstore in the city. Um, it's pretty much available, well, yeah, anywhere, Bob, that, that you can get online or in, uh, at a bookstore. We're going to get you in studio in the summer. I know you're going to go away on some meetings. Good luck with that. Yeah. I have a feeling people might be hearing more about you here in the next couple of months. <laughs> and we'll have to do a, I think we're going to have to come down and maybe do a little bit of a speaker series down the road, okay? Uh- Let's do it, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks, Bob. You bet. That is Brent Myers, former NHLer, the author of Painkiller 650 at Edmonton. We are going to get to the prospect report in this day in Oilers history when we return. This text comes in. What an amazing uh, segment with Brent Myers, Bob. Uh, thanks for having him on the show. Mark in St. Albert has texted us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. Thanks for having that great guest on. And Brent, 
Many of us have struggled with addiction. We need to talk about these things. I'm going to read the book Painkiller uh, from Mark in St. Albert. Again, you can text us 780-496-0063. Yeah, multiple texts coming in. It's a, it's a subject not everybody likes going down the path of, but, uh, man, that guy's brutally honest on stuff. Let's go to the Oilers Now Prospect Report brought to you by Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace Reface. Here's Brendan Escott. A quick check-in on Raphael Lavoie, Bakersfield Condors forward up to 27 points in his 38 games, 15 goals. Uh, is he leading the team? I think he actually is leading them in goals scoring in an otherwise veteran laden team that really gets a lot of its scoring from uh, some much, of the older veterans Too much guys. of its scoring yep. from its older veterans. You want the bad stat on Raphael Lavoie? One even strength goal in his last 22 games in the minors. That's a little bit concerning. To this day in Oilers history for New West Travel, you can join an exclusive four-night road trip to Dallas to see the Oilers play the Stars in April. Reach out to newwesttravel.com. Here's Brendan. In 2001, Tommy Salo made 21 saves for the shutouts as the Oilers beat the LA Kings 5 to nothing on home ice. Doug Waite scored twice for Edmonton. Nicely done. I was doing Funk Horton stats for the LA Kings broadcast, Bob Miller, that night. I worked that game. Remember it well. All right. Uh, there you go. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll have a full preview of the Edmonton Oilers and the Boston Bruins. Elliot Friedman will join us, NHL Hockey and Rogers, for Abe's Door Service. Reed Wilkins is up next with Inside Sports. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Zach Ferguson. Special thanks to Brendan Escott, Kellen Kennedy, and company for helping navigate the last two hours of Oilers now.